We can make it if we try. Just the four of us. Just the four of us. (laughs) Whoa. Does it work? Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in funky Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, it was funky today. Mm -hmm. Hi, everybody. (laughs) This is Liza. And um, we have some of the usual suspects, but not in the usual places. So let's get to who is joining me tonight in the studio. The only one in the studio with me, and I'm glad because he brought the gummy, gummy Mexican food. Yes, it's <laughs> Naked Jim. Hey, happy to be here. Yeah, it's intimate in the studio. Yeah, and we are like ten feet apart, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Got the window <laughs> open and surrounded by a thousand uh, miniature vehicles. It's great. Yep, and joining us uh, remotely from hell, it's John Liotti. Yes, yes, I am Florida man. Stumpy John, Florida man. I'm Florida. <laughs> I have to be very careful what I say because my mommy is listening. Oh, hey, mom. Mm-hmm. Hey, mom. Mrs. Stumpy. <laughs> they, they say hi. <laughs> I have to keep you on earphones because I know what one of you are going to say. <laughs> and of course, everybody's favorite ginger, it's Bagel. Back home from off on the road. On the road again. On the road again. Where were you this time? I went out to Colorado. Visit friends for a week and had a great time. No uh, small trip. Wait, you usually go yeah. somewhere because you're buying something. What'd you buy? <clears throat> I didn't buy anything. Oh. I just went. I just went to get away for a little bit. Oh, nice. Yeah, that yeah, was nice. Went up did the mountain. Dr- did you drive? Drive or scooter it? I, I drove. It was a little too wet and cold to uh, to scooter. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I didn't get too much uh, bad weather along the way. But uh, the the first day out was pretty rainy through going through Oregon. But uh, but yeah, it was pretty nice. We got actually got some snow in Colorado while I was there. Well, no, um, nothing but way up. perfect weather here. Nice. Uh, in fact, I did. Um, oh, I'll just give a couple of reports. I, I did some riding. Oh, uh, you did. I, I did. Uh, yesterday, I rode the Triumph Scrambler. Did you go more than ten miles from the house? Mm, no, <laughs> maybe seven. <laughs> uh, I went to the vintage bike show here in Scottsdale. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, this was their second year. Last year they did it for the first time. And it was a, a bike show and a and a, a sorry a, a swap meet. And this year for some reason they split it up, so it was just the vintage swap meet. So I went, I'll go check it out. Nice day. To, uh, I got an appropriate bike now to go to a swap meet, you know, and took the the scrambler. I'm enjoying that more. You know, I like that engine a lot. It's 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 a little more zippier than I originally gave a credit, but I don't like that wide flat seat because, and I think, I think it's for boys and girls. You got to spread your legs far and reach forward to the bars and it mashes your taters. It doesn't matter what kind of taters you got. They get mashed. <laughs> so interesting. Cause the seat's so big. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's the seating position. you yeah, just your, everything is on the front section, the way you're riding almost kind of like a sport bike does, but Sport bike seats are still kind of contoured, and mm-hmm. no, this is just a flat seat, and yeah, just hmm. so I'm not sure how that works. But um, unfortunately, the was not a well attended event. Uh, I guess they didn't promote it very much, so there was more vendors than attendees. Mm. Um, it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but you know, but I that 
they all had a good time because we didn't get that many vintage bike guys together. They're all just walking over and talking to each other, buying stuff from each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw our friend Mason George up there. Um, he's moving his shop. Really? Yeah, I thought so because I saw the sign. Where's he going? He's uh, setting up at his house. Well, this is kind of interesting. He said that um, he's got so much business with just regular clients and like flipping bikes that he doesn't want, he doesn't really need to deal with the walk-in clients who are like, Hey, can you clean the carbs on my Virago? You know, he's like, we don't really need to do that. He's established enough of a business with clients and flipping bikes. And, and so he's building a shop uh, at his house. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yes. But it's also kind of, it's always unfortunate when you lose one of those smaller shops that will work on anything kind of thing. That tends yeah. to happen a lot. And when you have so many dealerships that won't work on older stuff. It, it, but good for him. He's he's successful at that. Um, and then um, on Thursday, Wednesday, I rode a Goldwing. You know, I, I, I saw, saw John. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't just Twice. ride a Goldwing. It's the second time. <laughs> I saw John on the freeway as I'm coming yeah. back. And I just pulled up next to him because he passed me. I pulled up next to him. I'm like, Hey. <laughs> Well, it's funny when I, when I passed you, I saw, I saw, I didn't recognize you because I wouldn't ever put you on a gold wing naturally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, oh, that person had a motorcycle with a misfits stick. I saw the sticker on the helmet. Oh, I don't yeah. wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I bought a gold wing, but I do not own a gold wing. It's an it interesting cool thing. Looking. You look, you look good on it though. You bought it, for, oh, you bought it for somebody else, huh? I bought it to trade for the Nikon. Nice. Yeah, this is the Goldwing. That's part of the Nikon deal. So the Goldwing's going to go out to Arizona, and the Nikon will come home. But it's uh, and they're both the exact same price. Um, cool. But you know, I've been saying a lot lately that like I could maybe see a Goldwing in my future. I got it out of my system. Yep. You just did, and now you're done. <laughs> there you go. I got it out of my system. One way to fix it. You scratch that itch. It's a lot of machine. There's a lot going on there. Not that I disliked it. I mean, it's a nice ride. There's a lot of buttons. There's a dang lot of buttons. Yeah, with ADD, Oh, there's knobs and dials, too. <laughs> knobs, dials, numbers, letters. But I, what I don't like is that you're stuck in that seated position. You can't stretch your legs out. That's why I like a lot of the um, adventure bikes or the... Half naked, you know, so or just kind of sport touring bike, so you can like spread your legs. Because you can bolt on a piece of PVC I can to bolt put on your PVC. <laughs> put your highway pegs on. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to make a statement here, um, uh, and we'll see how it goes. John, I'm just going to ask you off the top of your mm-hmm. head, what right. is the American bike? The uh, Harley Softail. Right, first thing yep. everyone thinks. I am going to say that I believe the Goldwing is the American bike. There's a lot of leather in Florida that would disagree with you right now. I know that. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> but, but but this is a bike that, that Honda designed for America, right? This is a bike that was designed for America uh, America's roads. Yep. I think this is the most American bike. Mm-hmm. He's doing that to... It is big. Pot. No, no. I realized while I was riding it, like this is exactly made for two up, 
traveling on the roads. This is the Winnebago of the free of the freeway. And I was like, this is like the most American bike. Really? And you can send your complaints to Phil at ClevelandMoto.com. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you're not getting a lot of support on that one. <laughs> but it is baby boom baby boomer burgundy red. So I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, but I do love the reverse gear. The reverse function nice. is pretty fascinating. Yeah. I'm disappointed it doesn't beep. We almost ran over a child. But but the but the horn sounds like a Cadillac. I give you oh, credit. I, I you get extra points points for wow. the horn. I didn't try it. Oh, I, I heard it. Someone did. And I thought it was, it was interesting Charlie. that so on the left hand grip there are massive amount of controls and buttons. I thought the Africa Twin had a lot. No, this is like six inches of of buttons to control. You have a panel. You have like a panel, multiple a, panels. Isn't of there buttons. a squelch button? Well, the coolest thing is not only is there are there CB buttons, plural, but yeah, you have CB a CB squelch dial. <laughs> so as you're dialing in your handle for your thumb, yeah. <laughs> but if you move your hand eight inches to the tank, there's a whole nother set of controls that do the same thing for the CD. It might be an eight track <laughs> like, button. I'm not why, sure why exactly. Be, I don't understand why they're on the dash and eight inches away on the handlebar. Control the radio, all that. Um, no, so hopefully it's going to a good home. And and yeah, I didn't, I didn't. <clears throat> You know, honestly, I mean, I liked riding the big Indian chief better. Oh, yeah. Because you feel like mm. it has a soul. Goldwing didn't really have a soul. It, it's just yeah. so big. It's just so mm. big and chunky. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a great way to tour the country, no doubt about it. But it's just, there's so much. It's It has well, reverse. It has reverse. Well, that is interesting. So the guy I bought it off of was selling it for his father-in-law. And he's a Harley guy. And he goes, well, this thing's pretty fast. And I was thinking, you know what? It's it, interesting if somebody has only ever ridden big twins and then you get on the six-cylinder Honda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it just, it's it's not yeah. really that it's Japanese faster. Japanese out of the box. It's smoother, and I think it's probably got more power to the rear wheel, I'm guessing, or faster power to the rear wheel. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. But, yeah, he was like, yeah, it was pretty fast. Um. Yeah, so that is happening. Scotty is going to take the Goldwing out. And then you'll have your Nikon. And then I'll get another chapter. <laughs> when chapter closes, another chapter will open. And that one <laughs> I'll be stuck with. You know, so I'm just looking at the Goldwing now. The 2024 Goldwing um, MSRP is only $24,000. That's compared wow. to a Harley, like a full boat Harley. I, I thought like out of the box perform. It looks wicked too in this map. That's the bottom almost. spec one, right? Or is that I, I don't know. Just it's just Honda's website. Um, you can build from there. But anyway, out of I the was box looking at one today. Performance, the, the, man. I was looking at a new one today, and I think they're really cool looking. Actually, for, for oh, what they are, it looks way so better much better than, than the old one ones. The burgundy yeah. one. Exactly. So you're trying to get trading it for a Nikon. <laughs> that all just sounds so bad. I know. I know. <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, Jim, you missed so uh, Megan and Jason. Me, and Megan was here with the kids. Today. I saw them a little bit. Yeah, little kids running around. And I gave them a mallet and things to smash. They were smashing things. I think one of them had a metal <laughs> pipe at one time. <laughs> I know. They were just running around smashing things. The other uh, one turned two. Yeah, they're two and three and a half now. I think. I'm like, here's a fig, smash it, smashing it to bits. There was some terracotta pot, <laughs> smashed to bits. 
rocks, <laughs> leaves, you name it. They were just smashing, smashing. <laughs> they had so much fun smashing thing. I'm like, yeah, rubber mallets, great, great toy to give a kid. I think, yeah, I think your learning curve is steep with a mallet too. You learn pretty fast, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, if you want your brother to really shut up? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's true. Well, then Yuri, uh, Yuri came by the garage. It was nice to see Yuri. He was all suited up on the BMW. And Ray Ray. Everyone showed up at the end. It was a, Ray Ray. It was a slow day in that two people at a time were coming, so I was constantly busy. <laughs> As I told Jim, I never got a chance to eat lunch. But it's just two people at a time. I got to share this with you. So I'm hanging out, chatting with people. I think Raven and her brother, who was, what a cool dude. He's got a BMW. And uh, Erie comes pulling, and as he rolls into the parking lot, you start yelling at him to go pull out of the way because the load was coming. Yeah. And Erie's pulling, he goes, he yells it back. He's like, I never get a high. I never get a welcome. I never get a how you doing. It's always go here. And it's always somewhere different every week. He's like, why do I even come here? <laughs> anyway, it was good to see him. So he had good timing. So we got the gear load today. John, there's some stuff oh, your size. It was literally a truckload. Oh, right on. It was literally wow. a truckload. And there was a, a gang of people here. To help unload, and I'd set out different like tables and hangers and you did good tubs. Prep. You were hustling just to like so that like there was just put throw it in that tub, put it in that yeah, yeah. It worked out. We were able to fit everything in. I was surprised in an yes. organized fashion, but I'd kind of clean. Where did you put it? All over. I bet it's now in yeah. the garage and in the gear room, but in an organized fashion. We now have two tubs. Of gloves. Would you say there's maybe 100 pairs of gloves now? A, a lot of gloves. Like wow. <laughs> if your hand is size anything, come down to the garage. <laughs> a, but they were Climb. They were Alpine Stars. They were Dionysi. They were... Revit. Um, there is a... And I'm not sure how this came to be. There is a... Looks brand new Lee Parks one-piece tracksuit in, in there. Wow. Oh, wow. There was one... <laughs> there was tracksuit one-piece long underwear. Yeah. <laughs> It was like a onesie. I'm like, that's made oh, that's for awesome. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so much luggage. A lot of the Moscow luggage. Mm-hmm. So much luggage. Complete a bunch of Wolfman stuff. There was a complete yeah, yeah, Wolf, set of Wolfman. saddlebags and a and a tail bag kind of complete uh, boots. Um, so much, and already like a bunch of stuff got rid of there were people showing up earlier today before the shipment got here i'm like well let's see what we got i'll make you a deal everything is free and i unloaded nice. a um a moto port uh suit um uh wow. gloves and a jacket for um uh, the guy's wife um and they were the nice stuff um was that day glow stuff they were wearing oh yeah yeah you had a day glow suit um a tank he got a or a tail bag um other people showed up went home with gloves i was like getting rid i think a couple helmets went out today before the truck got here so uh yeah when the truck got here there's there's a lot of good stuff but people were going through and grabbing stuff so hopefully we will find homes and a lot of people have sent in suggestions of what to do with it Mm. um and I've even got an offer from uh, a Harley dealership to do a swap meet in their parking lot. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Will they provide hot dogs? 
Oh, that's a good question. I think if I'm in, if there's <laughs> so, um, I'm not out. I'm not going to try and s- sell anything off. First, I'm going to reach out to all the schools and put out the word. Um, if you know anyone here in the Santa Cruz Bay area, put out the word. Come on down. We've got gear of all types. Mm-hmm. Um, there are brand new riding jeans, Kevlar jeans. Yeah, brand new riding jeans, wow. brand new adventure pants. Um, uh, dry bags, lots of good luggage, like Wolfman little roll-up dry bags and mm-hmm. bigger dry bags. What's the suit you step into? What are those? The the yeah the, the Aerostitch. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, on the, if you're, if you're a little on the smaller side, I guess there's a bitch and Aerostitch in there. Yeah, it looks new. So, and the, it's interesting. This all came mostly from one place, but there is everything from SARS small to double XL stuff. Yes. Yeah, I knew you'd be excited. So um, thank you for everyone who made gear suggestions. Now it's just getting the word out, and let's give it away. There's some really nice Arai helmets. Mm. I saw a lot of helmets in boxes and bags. Yeah, and here's where, like, even though we're just trying to get rid of everything, um, like, I don't want, like, a $800 Arai helmet to go to somebody who's like, oh, you know, in case I have, like, a friend who wants to ride, I'm just going to throw it in my closet. Or, you know, Raven was looking at it for her scooter. I'm like, um, I'm probably going to hold that back for like a new rider. Somebody really can't afford it. So there are times that I'm, I'm, you know, mm, let's wait on that. But, um, yeah, we've got gear and I made it fit. I just had to kick one of my bikes out of the garage. Actually, most of my bikes have been kicked out of the garage. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you wow. got a gold wing. <laughs> I know. I saw you backing that thing up earlier. Now, yeah. does this gold wing have a sidecar? It will be getting a sidecar. So the guy um. who wrote it is a friend of Ray Ray's, and he said that he had been in an accident. Somebody had hit him mm. okay. uh, had, and hurt his arm, so he Ooh. can't. He has trouble mm. with a regular bike, so he puts sidecars on his stuff now. Hmm. Interesting. But he has a bunch of bikes with sidecars. Wow. I know, which is interesting, because usually you just have one of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm going for another corn. Um, wow. and, and what year is this bike? The Goldwing? Yeah. 2012. Okay. I want to say. Cool. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I guess. It, it's so weird, because yeah. it looks so good, and it's so clean. But it's got mm-hmm. a CB button with a squelch style. It's like you can't figure it out. It's like no, no, that's that's an American bike. It's an American. <laughs> yes, yeah, see, see. Yep. Thank no, you for hey. backing up my argument. I love to, I love to make those announcements. <laughs> uh, and and cubbies everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's ah. cubbies. Even you go into the trunk. There was a cubby under the trunk. Are there, cu- are there cup holders? No. What? No cup holders. Oh, I just haven't found them yet. <laughs> they're full of cigarette trays, I'm sure. Yeah, they're gonna pop out from the the fairings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, here's a. I wanted to share the kind of conversations that we have in the garage. You know, the podcast really comes from the conversations we have out in the garage. And there's one we've kind of been getting into um, recently that I thought we let's carry it over here and see where it goes. This is kind of a debate, but. Also, you know how sometimes I like to appoint ourselves the authority and to declare things that are somewhat ambiguous, right? So, um, 
Well, I find interesting that there's a bunch of different types of off-road bikes, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, so, John, when I say dirt bike, name just something that falls under dirt bike. YZ250. Exactly. Or is that a motocross bike? Yes. Ah. <laughs> What's Fall. the difference between a dirt bike and a motocross bike? Uh, what's the similarity between a dirt bike and a motocross bike? That's probably the better question. Oh, bagel. Well, I would say that you're, we're talking about layers here, right? Mm-hmm. Because a motocross bike is a dirt bike, but not every, not every dirt bike is a motocross bike, right? Very well put, right. A trials bike could be considered a dirt bike, but a trials bike is not a motocross bike. Yeah. Right. So then, uh, John, name a dual sport. Uh, DR 400, DRZ 400. DRZ 400, perfect. Um, and uh, then you also have Enduros. Name an Enduro. Well, I had a IT 175. It was technically an Enduro. Well, what's the difference between an Enduro and a dual sport? Uh, Enduros don't have to be street legal. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Then what is the definition of an Enduro? Enduro is usually... A motocross bike with lights. Okay, wait. This is getting more interesting. And I want. And I want to say, <laughs> so what are you, you're like, oh, where's where's, so what, what's the I point? Know, no, 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 I'm he's just not, trying to see where. What, what, I know. Well, he's making yeah. a good point. Uh. And I want to say we have not actually looked up what the internet says definitions are. I'm going by <clears throat> what people's opinions are. That's what I'm asking. So if you take a, a motocross bike and put lights on, it's an enduro. Yes. Interesting. Okay, then an adventure bike, like Africa Twin or GS, right? Is an adventure mm-hmm. bike. Right. So we've got all these different variants. Now, we're not going to be including things like flat track or scrambler, because to me, those are styles, but not actually for the dirt, Right. Except well, for the Ducati desert sled. Currently. In the past, the Scrambler would have been a dirt bike in the, in right. the 60s. Well, the Scrambler would have been a street bike with high pipes for the dirt. It really was the transition between they started making dedicated right. street but, but dirt But now bikes. we're talking about kind of just a – it's more of a style. In fact – It's a uh, retro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Neil was here today with his 2024 V-Strom 1000. Which looks even more adventure bikey than the past Vistroms. Yeah. I like what they look. With the exception of when you look at the front bottom of the engine, you have pipes and an oil filter just hanging out down at the bottom. And I went mm. that right there. If this was actually made to be a dirt bike, it should come from the factory with a skid plate or those parts relocated. It shouldn't have those down to the bottom. I think the Pan America has the same problem. Well, so I, I so like the to me the V Strom is a style bike, not the actual dirt bike like made for the dirt. So we're not talking about the style ones. But when you're talking about dirt, motocross, dual, enduro, ADV, there's some bikes that I find fall in between. So wait, you don't you don't think the the V the new V Strom is on par with the GS? No. 
my qualification that's the the market they're going for my qualification is it has to come from the factory ready to do the writing that they're saying it, it can do and if it has an oil filter hanging off the bottom of the engine that is not a bike ready to go on any dirt riding fair enough that that's that's my definition but like you know, you get some bikes. Like, what did I have? It just came in like a plastic skid plate. Was it Africa Twin? No, wait. KLR. Some of them, or well, yeah, it comes with an. And a most of, people a lot of bikes swap come it out. With a modest, but it's a modest something. Skid plate, it's but there's it's something. an effort to put. It gives you a hint. Yes, there's an effort to put some sort of protection under there. If there's nothing, no, no, it's not. It's more of a style bike. But I wanted to ask about some bikes. So obviously, like enduro, my six ninety. It's enduro. It says it on it, right? Or is that just marketing? Right. Wait, what? How or or is <laughs> or is that all we're talking about marketing? Where where where's the line between right. marketing why these is it products? Not a dual and then and then what the products are specifically designed to do? Because because obviously there's hard enduro and hard enduro bikes that are specifically designed for that, but there's also marketing to that. I think the best example is an adventure bike. What is yeah. adventure riding? What does right. that mean to you? What should, what should you be able to do on okay. an adventure bike? I can answer that. My definition of an adventure bike is a bike that is a highly capable, long-distance uh, street bike that is also extremely capable off-road. So, But it's made to be a long-distance touring bike. When you say extreme, okay, so I'm going to drill down mm-hmm. on this a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah. I think adventure bikes play into this great is... So what do you mean extremely, extremely capable? That's a, that's a high bar. So what would you, mm-hmm. I, yep. let's just say if you were an average dirt rider, right? I know dirt's not your favorite thing, but if you're an average dirt rider, mm-hmm. you saw that bike, you like, dude, look at that Africa twin or look at that GSA. I'm going to ride that an adventure bike. What, and you're an average rider, what type of, where do you think your upper limit of riding would be the difficulty? If you had luggage and you're, you're talking about dirt. Well, you asked me for the definition. My definition yeah. is that mm-hmm. it is 80, like 80% a street touring bike that's meant for like uh hauling a lot of gear long distance riding but then is more capable is also capable and dirt more capable than a specifically touring bike like that's all it is it is i agree with where jim's going with that because what he's saying is are we talking about gravel roads or are we talking about hard enduro well we have i have a whole yeah, I had yeah. a good experience with this last weekend because I went with Scotty. We were in the Southern Sierras. We did a bunch of riding and a bunch of terrain. Um, a lot of it was really twisty, beat-up pavement, but then we got into some um, off-road stuff. Scotty's on a Honda 650L, um, and then I'm on the Africa Twin, fully loaded, right? And we were both camping off the bike. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the twisties and the pavement, it was fine, no big deal. But then we started to do some off-road stuff, and if it was maintained fire roads, you know, without too much crazy up and down or loose stuff, no problem. Africa Twin was great. Because don't remember, I've I've got about 75 pounds of luggage. Yeah. So it's not, you know, it's all on the back kind of. And um, we tried to do a Jeep trail. And I was like, I don't know. And Scotty kind of bipped up it on the 650. And Scotty's better rider than I. <laughs> of <for> course. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but bipped up it on the 650. Not too bad. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go for it. And I went up like 50 feet and immediately like, Started hitting this. Yeah, but I'm not comparing an Africa Twin to a, a to a, a dual sport. Or <laughs> I'm not comparing. So here, adventure. here's what I'll say: is both of us did about a thousand miles over three days, 
Why is that 650 not a better adventure bike than my Africa Twin? Because uh, that, that it is It did not, everything I did and Yeah, more. but it's not going to be as comfortable with more gear if you're doing long-distance touring. Or do you need more gear? I'm, I mean, just, I'm talking about it's yeah. as a touring bike. A definition of touring bike to me, carry a lot of gear, go 80 miles an hour comfortably, maybe even two up. Yeah. Would you say that the X, the XR650L will carry a lot of gear and two up comfortably 80 miles an hour? Two up, no. But I saw okay, Scotty so do all of that. There's a not definition. Two up. So two up is, but but are you really going to do adventure riding? But it has the capability. That's why you would need a large. Yeah, but how many how many Africa Twin commercials or whatever? A lot do of people use it for touring with two and up. That's why well, I said, KLR would do that. That's why I said the adventure bike yeah. first is a touring capable bike first. So do you think the KLR okay. might be a better? adventure bike than okay but hold on i yeah what and look even if you want to look at the gs you have a gs is that a adventure bike is that a capable it's marketed as an adventure bike what about the gsa yes i would say they're they're capable more so what about the gs rally i would say they're all very limited (laughs) off-road if you're not on a semi-decent fire road you're going to have major problems. My if point, you, yeah. My point being that the GS is more of a touring bike, and then you get into the oh, yeah. the the adventure and the rally, and they're more and more dirt capable, but still the same base. So even just on the GSs, you have the degrees change of how mm. off road capable. But but to me, the difference between an adventure and an enduro or a dual sport is that it is more touring oriented and capable which is why you would have a large bike okay so i'm just plugged just messing around now mm-hmm. with the terminology so your 690 enduro what do you think the difference between that is and a honda 650 and See, that's 650? A, to me that's a dual sport not an enduro but what's the difference between the ktm and the honda yeah the good one's point. an enduro one's a dual sport right i don't well, know by right. John's definition, the what the enduro is more dirt capable than a dual sport because the dual sport is supposed to be half street, half dirt. And enduro is more uh, dirt oriented. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not dealing with DOT regulations on an enduro bike because it's not intended for the street. Well, but it's street legal. So you have to, but no, the, enduro bike, enduro but the enduro bike is, I think that a dual sport is meant to be 50, 50, a capable as yes. capable and dirt is it, but an enduro sure. is maybe, yeah, 70 30 well, take, take my honda 450 70 dirt 30 road my my honda i don't think it i think an enduro bike would be something that you just if you have to hop on a road to get to the next trail it's okay but it's not oh. made for the road it's not street legal but my enduro is here's an enduro it's a dual sport my enduro is an it just enduro. says it's marketing so here's what I'll say. My 450, they also make a Honda CRF 450. I think it's the X that is marketed as an enduro bike. And there's oh, small exactly. differences, but I can't remember exactly what they are. So you've got like the X, then you've got the R, then you've got the LR. Um, and it's all based on the 450 engine, but they do have an enduro 450. So let me ask you this. What is the Tenere 700? It's a, see, that falls in that weird category. This is what like I said KLR, about ambiguous Like the KLR 650. Bikes. I so see KLR and the DR, all those, they, they're not really, they're not Enduros at all. They're, they're really dual sports, but they're kind of bigger. They're made for a little more extension on roads, especially the KLR and the Tenere. So what do you say the Tenere 700 is? It's an easier to pick up 
adventure bike adventure bike which is limited in your off-road ability unless you're a good rider. yes if you're a good rider it opens all the doors for you but i think if you're an average rider still the tenere 700 if you get into anything more than moderately difficult training you're really going to have a problem and i find this interesting because adventure bikes traditionally have been larger displacement but now we're getting these mid-size adventure bikes, which is getting into the enduro dual sport. Like, you know, you get a, a, a Husky 701 and a Touareg 660 and a, <coughs> and you know, a, a, the, the, the Tenere 700. Are they all, what are they, what do you put the category do you put those in? Yeah, right. It depends on the marketing. I, I would yeah. say they're on the marketing. More, more dirt, more dirt capable adventure bike. Yeah, I, I, I think they're mm. like, they're still adventure bikes, but they're they're not dual sports or dual bike. I mean, or dirt. Yeah, I mean, they're still yeah, they're still tough to ride and challenging terrain, especially if you got luggage. I mean, you see these commercials of guys are ripping it up and flying on the sand or flying around these dirt corners. I'm telling you, when you got like seventy pounds of luggage on the back, it's a lot harder than it looks in the commercial. That's for sure. But I think the 700 would just be, it's an easier way to to get around on an adventure bike. Like I went up, this this Jeep trail, we went up and I crashed going up it. <laughs> then I had to get down. So take the boxes That's the off. That's the worst. Yeah. And so I took the boxes off, which I, was, I would do on a smaller bike anyway. But then wrestling the Africa Twin, because I couldn't quite mm. get, make a U-turn with it. So I, I ended up backing it down for like probably 15 minutes. Oof. Yeah, just oh, just but you have no other choice, right? And I'm like, dude, if this was 75 pounds lighter, it'd still be heavy, oh, yeah. but it would still be 75 pounds lighter. Yeah, it matters. Yeah. It matters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, but again, it's marketing and and but like like yeah, I was talking with Scotty about it, and Scotty's like, it an adventure bike's whatever bike you take on an adventure. I mean, in reality. <laughs> I mean, this is true. Well, you do have guys like Matt. I mean, I've seen Matt take his GS and some some gnarlyish stuff. Well, I mean, I not mean, as much as we know yeah, GS but, riders that can ride a GS as oh, well. Oh, Jocelyn, of course, yeah. Anyone can ride. I mean, we saw a, a ninja. We saw a ninja two fifty on the sheet iron. <laughs> so is that a dual sport bike? Apparently, <laughs> hey, so it is now. Rode, well, wait a minute. Yeah, hey, I rode my best but a GTS two fifty on the Burr Trail in Utah. So yeah, so there <laughs> yes, you go. So by definition, if you put dirt tires on a street bike, is it then a dual sport? If you ride it in the dirt, mm-hmm. heck yeah. <laughs> if you don't ride it in the dirt, then no. It's <laughs> I don't know what it is. I, I, yeah, uh, I just you mean like a Nikon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. What if I put dirt tires on that? What would that classify as? <laughs> well, I, I can tell you, I've I've just It'd been be referring stupider. to it, I've just been referring to it as the abomination. It's an abomination. <laughs> well, I'm, I I just find it interesting. Uh, the mid-size ADV class is growing. Oh, there's a cat. Where'd she come from? Um, and I find it's getting into the dual sport and enduro kind of mix there. So that's why I'm like, you know, Jim, you really want a Tenere 700, but how is that different from a Touareg or a Husky 701 or any of those other enduro dual sport or even the 650L, you know? Yeah, Not much different. I mean, it, it's all just everything's going to be a trade-off so i think yeah. if i step up to the the tenere it's it's just it's slightly more comfortable better on the road yeah yeah but on the road better ergonomics better wind protection not quite as dirt bikey so i'm trading off the dirt bike capability you know for comfort um like i said like our, you know i had to we went from santa cruz to porterville like i said we were doing like 300 miles a day so you know comfort matters but some people 
other seats aren't as like they can ride lots of miles on a shitty seat. So Scotty, it kind of depends. Scotty yeah. doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of just depends on, you know, what your riding preference is. So too. I'm going to propose a test that can help qualify what a bike is. And that is how many people does it take to pick it up? <laughs> if you cannot pick it up by yourself, it's an adventure bike. There you go. Well, that, not don't tell <laughs> Jocelyn. Jocelyn could pick that bike up, though. Yeah, but it's <laughs> cheating when you have the big side panniers on it, so it only goes like forty-five degrees. Well, yeah, part of adventuring is going by yourself. <laughs> so, I mean, at least to me, right? Adventure riding is you go by yourself, and so you kind of have to be able to pick it up by yourself, or or be very patient, one or the other. Yeah. Well, so, well, there's there's always a way to pick it up. Well, depending on how the bike's lying, I suppose, but. <laughs> but but it's it, maybe it's a question of how difficult it is to pick it up. So bagel, we know that we have the adventure scooter from Honda. Is there mm-hmm. a dual sport scooter? Mm, Aren't not they all? a stock one? <laughs> Aren't all of them? <laughs> well, not one that's intended to be, I suppose. Um, but I mean, anybody could make one into a dual sport. So, do you qualify the ADV scooters as actual? adventure like off-road scooters no no (laughs) you think it's just an adventure style i think so i've never ridden it so i don't know firsthand what its capabilities are Mm -hmm. but with a 150 cc automatic motor i just don't think that's going to be capable of a whole lot of rough terrain to be honest (laughs) well like it'll be good for going on like a dirt path somewhere like like through a little campsite maybe It'll be hmm. fun. And has has anyone made Maybe. a dirt a, a, a dirt scooter before? A stock dirt scooter, not modified. I'm I'm trying to think. I mean, te- I mean, technically, well, I know that I mean, it qualifies as a motorcycle, but we gave you guys the Cub 125, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> but that that wasn't meant for off road. Yeah. I mean that that was that was really the trail the Trail 90 when when that became an off road bike. Um. You know, I don't think there's ever, I, I, I might eat my words, but I don't think there's ever been like an off-road styled or intended scooter. I mean, other than the original purpose of scooters, which is to, you know, navigate bombed out streets after World War II, mm-hmm. you know, to you know, take on that kind of rough terrain. But but like off-road, I can't think of anything. Hmm. Maybe well, there's a market there. Well, uh, yeah, I just find it interesting that it's there are some bikes uh, that just fall into the. I'm not sure what that is. I don't. I mean, I guess mid-size adventure is a new qualification. Now it's a very cloudy, like between an enduro and a, a dual sport. When you get all the same engine size, you know, the XR650 is a dual sport. The 690 is a is a enduro, and then a Tenere 700 is a Adventure bike. I, I just find it kind of interesting. Just well, and Honda's different. coming out with its new um, XL750 adventure bike. Yeah. So, Wait, I don't understand that. Oh, you mean the Trans Alp? Trans Alp. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Trans Alp. Yeah. At, starting at 9999 So for under $10,000 MSRP. Hmm. Well, um, hey, you guys want to try and play a game? Sure. I'm, oh, I'm do good. we have a choice? Um, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't take, I can't take my pants off. My mom's here. Okay. Uh, so I created a game. Uh, we're going to see how this goes. Jim, do you have your game sheet there? 
Yes. Which show me which one I gave you. <clears throat> I think it is. I have four pieces of paper with <laughs> yes, a penis drawn on them. Stop. <laughs> okay. So, um, okay, great. Great, great, great. So, when I was out riding uh, the Triumph the other day, uh, just kind of, I, t- I took the long way home, just going over the hills, and I saw some interesting street names, you know. You know our, our method, you just, just kind of just go up in the hills and just kind of wing it and just go, as we say, use the water method to get home just go downhill. And I passed a road with an interesting name and it made me think this could be fun. It's a game called the street name game. So we're going to create two teams. Jim, who would you like to be your partner? Which one of the guys do you want as your partner? Um, No, that's hard. I'm going to flip a coin. Oh, no, no. You want (laughs) the drunk guy (laughs) or the other drunk guy? Okay. I'm going to ask the drunk guy. Drunk guy, pick a number, b- b- one or two. Three. Oh, it's bagel. Are you taking bagel? No, okay. I want drunk guy. I'm taking drunk guy. You're taking John? Okay, yeah. I got bagel. No offense, bagel. Okay, here's That's how right. the game's going to work. Both Jim and I have a list of street names that you'll find here in the Santa Cruz area. But um, Jim will go first, and then I'll go second. You are you guys, so... Whoever your partner is, you pick John. Yes. John, you're going to have to try and guess what these street names are, but he can't use the words that are in the street name, so he's going to have to describe them. I will tell you these are all two-word street names, and it either ends in road or lane or drive or court, something like that. But you just need to guess it. And now I'm going to just do a little primer. Um, this is a road, and this is a three-word uh, uh, road that I found. Jim, I'm a, if you'd be my partner. Yes. Um, just to give you an example how this works, I will give you the clues. Um, and then once you get the words and put them all together, that will be a ding. You've said it right. So I'm going to say, uh, first word, not new, but old. And, uh, the second word, not down, but up. All right. And the third word, a Southern slang for just over there. Yonder. Put them together. What was the first word? (laughs) Something up yonder. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Not new. Old up yonder. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. That's a road? You got it. Yeah. Old, road road okay. old up yonder road. Gotcha. So hmm. that's kind of how you play the game. Um, Jim, I will keep track there. Is, is there a, a new up yonder road? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you will do 60 seconds. Okay. See how many you can get in a... 60 seconds. So let me get the timer. So am I starting and do I go through all these? Yep. You're going to do as many as you can in 60 seconds. Okay. And who's, who's guessing? Uh, John is guessing with Jim. This could, this okay. could go very badly, Jim. I'm just saying. Some of these roads, just so you know, you won't recognize the name. So it's going to be like an ugly game of charades. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do you want, do you think is 60 seconds enough? Or That's do, probably plenty. Yeah. It's probably okay. painfully enough. Are you ready? Listo. Go. Sure. On a hot day, I like to get a cone of this steep hill. Ice cream grade. Yep. Ding. Uh, we saw the hare and the hound race, and they ran it on that hair that hair jogging trail. <laughs> hair dragging, dragging. Hair, hair like H A R E. Rabbit. Jog. What's the second word. It's kind of like run, jogging. Rabbit, ru- rabbit run trail. Ding. Yeah. Uh-huh. Next. Uh, 
all of us that ride motorbikes like this road because all of us ride a very sometimes you see it on a knife a very uh blade yes sometimes a blade can have a very uh razor edge yes uh edge uh close to close to razor something else edge knife at uh time okay thank goodness okay (laughs) it's hard dude okay what Uh, is it it was thin edge road thin edge I wasn't doing well. Thin edge road. Okay. Wow. All okay. right. You got two. Okay. Can you bring your timer up for me? I'm going to do okay. bagel. Okay. That sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a handicap because my current situation. So. Uh, it's a hard <laughs> I can't okay, say that anymore. Sorry. Right, let me know when you're <laughs> ready. We'll see how many I can get. I my clock. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Yep. Set. Go. A type of rock usually used in a quarry and used on buildings, very hard. Granite? Yes. Second word, not a river, not a stream, but creek. a... Yes. Put them together. Granite Creek. Great. Granite ba- creek um, um, this next one, not forward, but... Backward? Just Reverse. cut that in half. Back? Yes. And not a farm, but a... Uh, ranch? Yes. Ding. Back ranch? Road. Yes. And the next one, uh, this is where you go to have meetings, co- corporate meetings. You would call it like when a group gets together, they have a convention a close to it. Um, everyone gather uh, for it's time for our Congress annual meeting, which might also be called a gathering. A, uh, a get, it is a type of a gathering. Um, and, uh, you may get on a call, a, a certain type of call. Confer- Yes, Conference yes, call? and the second word, the thing right. your feet stand on when you walk on the, the earth, the, the second ground? word, the earth, yes, Put them together. yes, all right, next one, not west, but east, and not a door you'd have in the fence, you'd have a gate, yes, together, east right. gate road, yes, the, se- the next one, the king rules his uh, kingdom, uh, nope, uh, the, the Chinese Empire, empire? Yes, and empire you grade? have a steep hill which you measure the Empire grade. Yes. Am I okay. supposed to be stopping you? Yes. Okay, done. Okay. okay. Oh, we got five. All right. Well, I Ooh. see how you practiced. I know. Okay, I see how you did this. I, you already, I gave you an example. I see how you did this. Okay, is so it my turn again? Oh yeah, you no, no, that was, that was it. One that's and the done. game. That's it. That's it. Oh, two, we gotta get two, one more oh shot. you want to do some all right. Yeah, you were all right, like, all right. We get another sixty seconds. Reset. Because right. we got more. Let's I'll let you get more. Okay. Let me score you here. Because right now the score is two to five. Yeah, you got a little bonus time there because I got confused. So. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a little, <laughs> we gotta get at least three. I'll give you a little bonus time. Go. Okay. Uh thing that grows in the woods. It's tall and has leaves. Three. Hops hops on the ground in the woods. Tree it, rabbit, tree squirrel, tree. It's green. Hops on the green and hops. Hops on the ground. Uh, frog, tree frog. Yep. Okay. Ding. Uh, a pair of people born at the same time. When? And then not a mountain, but a little mountain. Hill. Yep. Put them together. Put them together. Put the hill road. Yep. yep. Next. Uh, crazy or a type of flower that grows on its own. Weed. Uh, <laughs> like a animal. Uh, a type of flower that grows on its own? Like something that would just grow on its own in the woods, or a, an animal could be this. or Barrel? Similar. Wild? Yes. Wild. And then it's pretty and grows and has leaves and petals. 
Wildflower Road. Yep. You yep. Got ding, it. ding. And then um, I, sometimes I'm scared of my own shadow. Uh, and then a, a babbling. End time. Brook. Shadow Brook Road. We have time. to answer that counted. All right. Uh, you got three more. So you have a total of five. Nine. Oh. <laughs> you have five, right? The last one you got was Wildflower Lane. Okay. Yeah, and he almost got <coughs> Shadow Brook. Oh, you didn't give us that. I, it was time. He hadn't gotten there. He he didn't shout Brook. Whatever. Well, that means Bagel. We only need one to win. Are you ready? Okay. Tell us I'm when ready. to go. Uh, go. Um, this is a a farm animal with horns that will eat cans. Uh, goat. Yeah, and this is not a butterfly. Time. Sorry. <laughs> not not a butterfly. Yes. Put them together. Goat moth. Yeah, dang. Ribbon. This one is a sport where people, you hit a small ball on a green. Lacrosse? No, small uh, ball on a green. Hockey? Putt. Uh, golf. Yeah, and then you, after you, you go into the, to, to have a drink. Club. Golf club drive. Yep. Okay, the next one is uh, a color of grass. And a and, and then measurement of landmass. And also a famous Land. TV show. Green Acre? Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. And not sad, but... Happy. And the area between the two mountains? Happy Valley Road. Yeah, and the last one. Uh, oh, I couldn't find it because it was... Hidden. Yes, and not a brook. Time. Oh. <laughs> All right, we get the point. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We you won. Win. You win. Nine. Okay. What do you guys think? Those are all street names here in Santa Cruz. I learned some new ones. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you have to go find Old Up Yonder Road. <laughs> yeah. Let me, sure. let me guess where it is. Up, up in the mountain yonder. Up yonder. Old Up Yonder. I thought that <laughs> is was it off fine. Mountain Charlie Road. All right. No. 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 <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I think it was off Granite Creek. Is that Granite Creek that comes from Scotts Valley up over? It is. There was another one off Granite Creek. That must have, must have been where uh, you were at. Like yeah. Rabbit Run yep. was up there, too, or some other one. Something like that. Yeah, yeah Granite it's Creek. off Granite Creek. Um, Bagel, oh. I have yes. a question for you. Yes. Um, I noticed that there are some recent announcements of some new scooters coming to the market. This so is my true. question to you is, do we care? Well, Maybe. <laughs> so first off, that all depends. One of them is a Honda, and one of them is a Lambretta. Indeed, brand new. Mm-hmm. And they are both electric scooters. Mm-hmm. They are. So, I, the reason I, I was like, "Do we care?" Because you know, what's the number one excuse people say why they don't want an electric motorcycle? Myself included. It, doesn't have the range to go ride with all your friends on gas bikes. Right? <clears throat> we mm-hmm. go out, we ride for four or five hours often. And it's hard to do that right. on an electric bike. But how many people besides Bagel and his close friends are going and riding for five hours on a scooter? Not a lot of people, I will admit. So it makes sense that maybe electric scooters are be- the better intro into electric vehicles than an electric motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that Honda, I mean, Honda making an electric scooter that we're not talking about some Chinesium little thing. Mm-hmm. Honda, oh, yeah. this is going to be a good product. And Lambretta. 
I mean, right. Brenna makes some good looking <laughs> stuff. So I sent the links to Bagel and I said, Bagel, what's your opinion? Do we care? Are these going to make a dent in the world? Are these going to bring more people over to electric? <clears throat> what do you uh, think? It's possible. I, 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 I can't predict the future, but um, there, there's some interesting stuff here that uh, is, is at least encouraging, I will say. Um, first, let me talk about the, uh, the Honda. <clears throat> this is called the Honda SCE concept bike. Um, this is technically still a concept, so you know, future final production may, may vary, but it looks like they are going to be producing a, a bike similar to this, at, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of information about it uh, in terms of specs, uh, but it is a really good-looking bike, I think. Um, it's very very clean, sort of a classic scooter-type design, um, and look, but looks very, you know, modern, uh, modern styling, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it's, uh, they, they quoted it with, uh, 41 kilometers of range on a single charge, which is not a lot. That's mm. only about 25 miles. Yeah. But if you are riding around a city, um, and just, you know, mm-hmm. running some errands, uh, you know, going to, you know, you're going to work, whatever, uh, and you don't have to to go more than you know 10 20 miles in a day um or you know that's it's a it's a very you know, useful bike for that but the interesting thing about the honda sce is that it has a swappable battery oh so, yeah so you, but then you could, that's not made for this market because the u.s didn't sign up for that right well not, not it's not a subscription type swappable battery it's a battery that you can just take out and put another one in so you could buy two batteries uh, Okay, and you could have you know one on the charger and one in the bike, and you can go you know run errands whatever. And if your battery's getting low, come back home, swap the battery out, and go back out for more errands. So you know, just to clarify, this is not the Moto Compacto that we're talking about. No, no, this is not the Moto Compacto. I don't know if you Um, saw the the Jim the Honda scooter, but it's pretty sleek. Yeah, it looks great. Sleek looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, and they, it, from what it sounded like, uh, Honda is planning on using the swappable swappable battery technology in other bikes coming uh, coming in the near future too. So, uh, how practical and useful that is, I think, will you know be proven by time. But I think it's interesting that Honda is going this direction, and I'm curious to see how that pans out. Um, so we might care. I will about also this. say, okay, yeah, possibly. Um, I will also say that that. This bike probably is not very fast. Um, I'm guessing it probably has a top speed of about 25, 30 miles an hour. Um, just because it's it's not intended to be a, a high-speed bike from the looks of it. So um, so that's the Honda. Now, the other bike that uh, was, was announced at ICMA is the Lambretta. You should look and, this up. No. The, um, the Lambretta Electra? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Electra. Elet- elet- Electra. Electra. <laughs> Yes, E L E C T R A. Is Lambretta a Piaggio, or is it somebody no. else owns it now? I have okay. no idea who owns Lambretta. <laughs> I didn't oh, even really? know that there was a company named Lambretta making actual scooters. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> because it's it's one of those things where the brand has been bought and sold. It used to be a clothing company. It used to make it used to make watches. Uh, it's been all kinds of other things. Apparently, it's now being used to make scooters. Uh, I don't know who's building them. I'm assuming they're probably Chinese manufactured, but I don't know for sure. Now, 
Now the Lambretta is um, it's it's also built as a concept, but from what was being said in this article, it it sounds like it's probably going to be fairly similar the actual production bike, and they are planning <laughs> on taking this into production. Uh, now this bike does not have a swappable battery, um, but, but it, it does do something cool. It yeah it uh, it is powered <clears throat> says it's powered by a four kilowatt permanent magnet synchronous motor capable of producing eleven kilowatts at peak power. Claim torque is two hundred fifty eight newton meters, <laughs> wait, or a hundred and ninety ish pound feet. Wow. wow, that's crazy. Yeah, gobs of torque, and the top speed is one hundred and ten kilometers per hour or sixty eight miles per hour. That is impressive. But you weren't impressed with the styling. Well, this it it has the overall shape of a classic Lambretta Series Three. But like from but, Blade Runner, <laughs> it looks yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's like a it's like a max headroom version of a Lambretta. <laughs> it's got all these weird angles that they've added in there, which knowing you know the the, the classic Lambretta styling. It's, it's just the kind of it, it. takes away all the curves and kind of makes you look at it and just kind of go, ugh. But it this one does something cool that I wish more scooters did. Did you see What's the that? the the feature of the the tail section? Oh yes the the whole tail section apparently has a, a hydraulic lift system yes. <clears throat> that where the whole the whole rear bodywork yeah, pivots bad, up yeah. and forward. Um, so, to reveal the drivetrain underneath. So yeah, so the battery and the motor, you press a button mm-hmm. and the whole tail section just goes up in the air, like the yeah. like a hood of a car, mm-hmm. exposing yeah. all the inner workings. Right. And I'm like, well, that's cool, because bagel, you know, you got to take a bunch of stuff off to get to things. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the purist. Here we go. Now, now this is not me being a purist. This is me being just practical. Um, I see all kinds of glitzy, glamoury, uh, fancy things on this bike uh, that, to my eye, just do not look production ready and probably may not may not be uh, so uh, durable in the real world. Um, oh, hold on, Bagel. Hey, John, when you're chewing, can you lean into the mic a little bit more? No. sorry yeah you're not muted (laughs) so um like like for example one of the things that that they mentioned in the article here is that the the bike has uh retracting brake levers didn't they i no, i heard somewhere they're wooden uh yeah there was i saw something in there i was trying to find it i I can't see wooden brake levers i'm like what yeah it said something about wooden brake levers i'm like why would you make brake levers out of wood. Now I'm not I'm not seeing it in the article now, but um but it says about the the brake levers here. Um blah, 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 blah. it says the turn signals are well it was well, talking about the, the handlebars and uh, <clears throat> the first of all the turn signals are integrated into the ends of the handlebars, which are like little lenses on the end end of the handlebars. Those are gonna break real quick. Um and says, and if you look closely in the photos, you'll see that the brake levers can retract to a position that makes them flush with the handlebars. Why? <laughs> why would why would you want brake levers why? that retract? Why? And 
how how do you stop them from retracting at a time when you need them? <laughs> I don't understand the, this this whole point here. It, it seems to me like this is a, entirely a vanity feature and is has no practical purpose whatsoever. Have, have you uh, been to Italy? You have been to Italy, right? So vanity with no practical purpose does well sometimes. <laughs> that kind of describes the whole country. <laughs> there's there, there there's there's hmm. yeah, but. This is this is also something that that I don't think you should mess with a safety control like brake levers in this way that should be retractable because whatever this retracting mechanism is is another piece that's going to going to break at some point and they're either going to be end up like retracted you know into a position where you can't get them out so you can't ride the bike or they're going to be like retracted halfway so you can't use the brake levers. Um, you know that that seems to me uh, like a real reliability. Um, so you're not completely it's, sold it's some, on this yet. I'm I'm not completely sold on it now. I, I obviously have not seen it myself in person. Uh, I have obviously not ridden it. Uh, I, I I it may be a good bike. I don't know. Right. But it seems it seems to me like like they're going for a lot of real glitzy. Uh, just sort of uh, flashy stuff on this bike to make it look super cool and super, uh, you know, super fancy in in the tracks that that's going to attract a lot of buyers. I don't think that's going to pan out that way. Um, okay, so let's boil it down. No. The Honda new Honda electric scooter bagel. Do we care? Uh, I think if you need a. Uh, Relatively inexpensive intercity transportation, yes. Okay, and the Lambretta scooter bagel. Do we care? Um, if you're looking for something that is new and different, uh, and are willing to take a big risk on on uh, untested technology, then just get a Benelli dong. One. Well, you could do that too, but <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be riding on a purple seat. All right, so jury's still out. You want to wait and get some more info on that, I'm guessing. I, I, I'm curious to find out more. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, I, I, I am very impressed by the performance that they quoted on the Lambretta, mm-hmm. although I will mention one thing is that yeah. they said that the range um, is probably not going to be very, uh, very, very big with that kind of performance. Uh, they're estimating the range is probably going to be about 25 miles, if if that. Are are these for sale in America? Uh, not yet. I don't, well, they're not actually in production yet. Okay, but yeah. They apparently the, they're going to be going in production. I don't I have no idea if they'll be coming to America or not. Yeah, because I mean, you can see in the European market it being popular. Like a plug-in scooter you can charge in half an hour, mm-hmm. basically, and, yeah. and, and go five miles. You know, I mean, that's mostly well, this one. Well, this one doesn't, I mean, this one will charge up, uh, well, depending on how you plug it in, they're saying that that you you got if you use a fast charger, you could get it up to eighty percent in about about half an hour. Yeah, so I mean that's so, you know so and and yeah, and I think keep in mind in Europe too, and like as you know, it's like it's more just a basic form of transportation. Yeah. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's like the cheapest yeah. way to get around town without getting stuff stuck in traffic. So I don't know. Yeah, but but with the performance that the Lambretta has, it 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 would be a much more capable bike than the the, the Sony mm-hmm. or the the Honda. Sorry. Well, cool. Thank you, Bagel, for that. Um, You're welcome. We have a lot of emails to get to, um, so we're doing. I wanted to get into de- to emails, and I wanted to share this first one. Uh, this is from our friend. I hope it's Joris, but it's possible that maybe it's uh, Joris. 
Uh, so it could be either. But he was sending a suggestion for a topic. I want to share this suggestion with you, okay? Um, he says, hey, um, I thought this could be fun your next debate club. What cocktail goes best with each bike brand or even a specific bike? I thought of this as I was making a Negroni for myself, and I thought, gosh, this would be so appropriate if I had, had, if I had a Moto Guzzi. He says, I have a Versus currently, which is not so exotic, so maybe it pairs with a simple bourbon and soda. And I responded to him, thanks for the suggestion. I really appreciate it. However, I do not drink, and alcohol makes me sick, so this is a game. I cannot play because I don't know what anything is. Everything's a Shirley Temple. <laughs> but I was telling Jim, I thought it'd be fun in one of our gatherings. Let's, pl- let's play a game called Liza's the Bartender. And I get to just mix things together and see what I, get, I create for you guys. I like it. I do like the premise of the guy's game. So, I know you don't drink, but it's kind of fun to think about like what would be a, you know, a, a mind eraser. <laughs> you know, what bike would that be? Right. Well, I can't play this game if you guys want to make suggestions. So I said, but I'd like to hear another suggestion from you. Just this was like the worst suggestion for me is drinks. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, I thought it was cool. I mean, I guess what? Would a whiskey be a Harley? It'd be American. Well, unless it was Canadian or, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. Or Scotch. So he said, or, okay. Or British or whatever. He said, how about f- uh, food pairings? He says, my Vespa goes with the gelato. Mint green to complement mm-hmm. the color. My versus is like a pot Pistachio roast. gelato. A pot roast, not exciting, but reliable for Sunday dinner. A Harley might go with a 32-ounce T-bone, and a GS would pair with Jaeger schnitzel. He says, if you get mm. the Niken, that would go with something exotic and weird, like a puffer fish sushi. Yeah, some weird <laughs> shit you get in Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that. So like, what drink or food do you think like a Goldwing is? Oh, Tom Collins. See, and I was thinking like a big chicken pot pie or something. It's all in one meal. Well, it's got to be. It's got to be Japanese, like a big ass Japanese meal. I don't even know, like a whole cart worth of dim sum. A chick, uh, um, a tuna pot pie then. Sushi, <laughs> sushi yeah. boat. Sushi boat. Yeah, <laughs> sushi boat. Perfect. Uh, but you know what? I would like to hear. What about a ballpark Frank? Ooh, come on! That's I don't weird. know why, but a Tenere Seven Hundred just came to mind. Mm. Just, just a. <laughs> Yeah, simple like get it X, done, like you know. Two hundred and fifty, like an old. Simple and get it done. Yeah. You're hungry, just shove it in your game, mouth. Yeah. So, I, hey, but this is an opportunity. I would like to hear from other people. Uh, tell us what bike you have and what meal or drink you think it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a Jixer. It's like a Red Bull sake bomb. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I think Liza's triumph would be fish and chips. I'm sure. Yes, with with the green peas. Oh, not the mushy. Peas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but your peas. seat. Look at the seat. It just says green peas. But then you just say, "Well, all British bikes are fish and chips." No. No, of course not. Okay. <laughs> what else do they make? There? <laughs> Some Indian food, like an Atlas One Twenty Five. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to say no, no. Hold on. Uh, hear me out. Because the scrambler hints at being able to do a little little bit of off-road. So what might you find going off the road onto a dirt path? You might find... Mutton. Exactly. Yeah, mutton. mutton. I'm saying it might be mutton. <laughs> mutton could mutton be... roast. We ate a ton of venison over there. Anyway. Yeah, I know. I like that. It's a fun what's, game. what's the KLR? I was kind of thinking KLR was a hot dog. MRE. Is KLR a rum KLR and, equals rum and MRE. Coke? <laughs> 
No, that's, that's <laughs> venison. KLR is what you would eat when you can't eat anything else. Yeah, it's, It'll keep you alive, but you're I mean. not gonna, right. It's, it's venison. Not, not going to taste great. <laughs> that freeze dried <laughs> chicken is a little gamey. You're right. <laughs> so, would you say that my uh, elite scooter is uh, top ramen? Mm. Mm. That's that sobo sushi at the gas station. That sushi at the gas station with the uh, exactly. spam on top. That's what it is. Oh, I don't know. We can we can have my, a lot my, of fun. My uncle's a shot of plum schnapps. Ooh, there you Ooh. go. That sounds. Wonderful. And uh, John. Are you, um, I don't know if you saw, but I sent you some emails on yeah. your phone. Yep. So uh, I have one more I'm going to read. Well, just don't get, make sure you get that one. Uh, this is from our friend Jocko. Um, and he said, in response to last week, we were talking about that Royal Enfield Himalayan that says it needs a, a fork oil change every 5,000 miles, which made no sense to me. But I right. talked to this weekend at the, at the vintage bike show, I talked to somebody who said, yeah, I don't trust the oil they put in those. Really? And it may hmm. possibly be a cheap oil that breaks down, which is why they say everything. No. That's what somebody was could. saying is the, the shit they put in to begin with was bunk. So, but um, Jocko says, fork oil gets old in use in race bikes. And again, clarify. We always say when people are talking about things like this, like race bikes are a completely different thing. Yeah, you're talking in terms of hours, not miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. says in race yeah. bikes, we change it at least twice a season. It doesn't get contaminated from mechanical parts like engine oil, but just goes through a lot of high pressure squeeze through valves and heats up and loses viscosity. Mm-hmm. Probably still too short for a maintenance interval for a street bike for the Himalayan, of course, but most people should change the suspension oil way more often. So that is something I didn't consider because we were thinking about contaminants in the oil, but he's right. saying that it can heat up and lose viscosity mm-hmm. from being yeah. all the pressure that it's under. So yeah. maybe it's possible <clears throat> that on the Himalayan, they, I don't know, it's <clears throat> under more pressure. Well, another another possibility too is that uh, just that there, there could be some friction in there that causes you know, microscopic metal metal particles to to be suspended in the oil, and you don't want that to be sitting in the oil for too long over time. It just seems weird that the the manual would say to replace the fork oil <laughs> more often than the fork seals. Well, it's a consumable item. Yeah, but fork are, seals are but, rubber. Right. But if the fork seals are still good and the oil is losing viscosity, why would you replace the fork seals? Yeah, just because fork seals are something that age or use will wear them. So True. True. And you know, quality rubber may not be the greatest. But but you know, inspect it when you're changing the, the oil the fork oil and if you need new seals, put new seals on. There you go. Well, it's interesting. Thank you, Jocko, for giving us another another perspective on that. Jim, you have one there to read? I do. And this is from uh, Mark Kaufman. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's happening, Mark? And uh, let's see. Oh, I said something else. Anyway, uh, picture is from my birthday. Thanksgiving ride last year. Notice that Minnesota snow is in the background. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, well, I was kind of rolling my eyes about the uh, color debate. Oh, right. Until Liza said silver. Here's my 1982 Yamaha 650 Seika, a model that only came to the U.S. uh, one model year and only in silver. Canadians got some sweet red burgundy ones, that burgundy boomer you like, um, and the rest of uh, the world had a few more choices over the years. 
Sorry, I can actually read. I just can't see these words. You got to print these bigger. Um, <laughs> yellow, uh, yellow one. Look at Kenny Roberts edition, the RZ three fifty. Uh, you'll know you should listen to Stumpy John calling out Bumblebee Yamaha. <laughs> and I've never made the Ducati mistake, but I've always wanted and definitely would need it to be read. Keep up the great work. Love y'all. Yeah. So, so Mark Kaufman. Thanks, so Mark. So Bagel, last week we were talking about what is the right color. So what is right. the right color for a scooter? Any color you like. No, Pistachio green. If you can only have one color going forward, what color is the right color? Well, I mean, that's a personal choice. I yeah, don't think no, there's... No, you can't prescribe Big Brother's that. coming in. The right color. I, I, I think silver is a good choice. Silver is classy yeah, and fits just about anything. You got... I mean, there are literally been scooters of every color, so... But you got uh, <laughs> silver Vespas, silver Harleys, silver Ducatis. It is yep. a color that really does go across everything. Especially with a little metal flake yeah. in there. But, but Liza, did, did you say that you don't like yellow bikes? I don't like yellow bikes. You own a yellow bike. I've seen you eat yellow I know, snow. I know. <laughs> you built it. You built a yellow bike. I know. <laughs> right. I don't like he chose that color. I know because exactly. it's a Yamaha. I was going yeah. with a classic styling. Right. I should have painted it silver. Well, <laughs> on that. Actually, that'd be the kind of look cool look with the silver and that uh, the Yamaha stripe. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, John, I think did you have um, another yeah. one about the color I, there? I did. Yeah. Yeah, what you got? This is from this is from Jesse 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 Fat Boy Moore. Hey Jesse, <laughs> he said that I he said that I didn't say that. Uh, hey guys, I just listened to your podcast on what the best color of a motorcycle should be. I'm an old Gen X metalhead who's into cruisers, so naturally my choice of color is black. <laughs> but when searching for my last bike, I couldn't quite find what I wanted in my price range in black. But I found this sweet Road King in silver at a hell of a price too. At first, I thought I was just selling for silver, but but soon realized that I really do like it. It's it's visible. It can be dirty as heck, and you can't tell. It just gives that classic look, and if you don't, and you don't see many in silver. So my vote is with Liza's original pick of silver. Oh, and about the off road Nikon, I say you only live once, so why not just do it? <laughs> Signy shot up, Jesse. See, I I'm I'm yeah, and as we look around, everything uh, SV six fifties come in silver. Every silver. My Tacoma's silver metal is a flake. great. Looks great, and it does I hide the dirt. Bergman silver. And what yeah. I like about his yeah. story, it's not black, which is great. Yeah, and he sent also mm-hmm. his old lady pic, a picture of his old lady. Oh, very nice with her can am. Oh, uh, right on. So I appreciate cool. it. All right, cool. Um, let's see who hasn't read one. Bagel. Yep. Uh, I've got an email from Zach Cyphers. Hey Zach. Hey Zach. Hey Zach. Come to the Touratech Rally, June twenty twenty four. Right. Ooh, this has and come Zachary. up lately. <laughs> and uh, Zach writes, "Hey, dear misfits, <laughs> I want you to know that I'm typing this email with great effort due to a freshly lacerated right hand. Ooh. I advise other listeners to not do as I did if you're a spare parts hoarder like I am." You never know when you might need it. <laughs> Please move the bin of rusty exhaust bits out of your work area so that you do not accidentally graze some gnarly bits of metal and end up bleeding all over your garage. Oh, I nice. just got I just got back from getting my updated tetanus shot oh. and I'm bearing the pain just long enough to write this message. All right, no. good tip. He's a yeah. Tough guy, because this is a long email. <laughs> <laughs> He says, uh, I wanted to answer a question you put out to the listeners in the last episode. If any of you can manage it, 
you absolutely should come up to the to Washington for the Tour Attack Rally. It's June 27th to 30th, 2024 in Plain, Washington, about 2.5 hours east of Seattle. If you haven't been to Tour Attack and you're even mild, even just mildly interested in adventure riding, you will love it. It is, according to one friend who works in the, in the industry and travels all over the country doing events like these, the best rally of its kind. Picture a massive parade field lined with vendor and dealer tents. KTM, Yamaha, Triumph, Ducati, and Harley will all have bikes to test ride there. Food trucks will serve delicious food, and there's a lovely diner across the road from the rally grounds that has respectable barbecue and a filling breakfast buffet. The event area is adjacent to a section of the Washington BDR, and my friends occasionally run a section of it on our way to the rally. Most folks pitch their tent in the camping area, then go to the GPS tent to get a batch of local rides loaded up onto their devices. These range in difficulty from easy to advanced and can be done in a guided or self, in, in a guided or self-guided fashion. This past year, I had some off-road newbies with me, so I enjoyed the more relaxed pace of the beginner routes. Several training schools bring classes to the rally as well. Last year, a friend and I took a class with Jimmy Lewis and Paul Neff. She ADV leads women-only riding clinics, and there's an enduro challenge course where you can test your stump jumping skills. Oh, wait! Right? They're going to jump, sounds- jump, John. <laughs> depends on depends on what you gave me first. <laughs> Did you consent to this? <laughs> I I could with the right gift. <laughs> so anyway, Zach uh, continues. the The whole thing is a blast. At night, we all gather around a huge bonfire and enjoy beers with all the new friends we've made. I live in North Seattle and will most likely be riding out to the rally either Thursday or early Friday. I would be happy to host anyone up at my place before or after the event and could lend my CRF 250 rally to someone who needs a bike and some, gear, and some <laughs> gear to someone if they wear size medium gear and size 11 boots. Not I've dibs. Included, <laughs> I've included some pics from the rally. It's a mix of this year and the past few years. The thing is always such a great time. Please consider it. Keep up the good work. Zach Cyphers, the motorcycle librarian. Oh, the motorcycle Thanks, librarian. Reading the, is sexy. This actually looks pretty cool. It does look up, yeah. up our alley It looks like in a beautiful part of the state, kind of right in the middle. It's all the camping. Yeah. But yeah, these yeah. are people. Up in the Cascades, right? Actually camping in a field as opposed to like at uh, vintage days where we've got our all sorts of RVs and trailers and everything. Yeah. But I don't know this. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks like they just have a lot of like day rides going off. It looks pretty <coughs> cool. Thank you for that tip. Yeah, definitely. I've been looking into it. I've had a few suggestions. I think, I, and I so appreciate the offer for a bike. Um, I think that, you know, the, the AIM Expo, one of the things I love about AIM Expo and, and the one show is we don't need to have bikes to enjoy it. We can just fly there, do interviews, be in the middle of everything, enjoy it. Whereas when it's a kind of rally where you're going off and doing day rides every day, you're not staying locally. Um, that seems to be more of like a more of a local kind of thing. Everyone come in for the rally, but it looks like an excellent rally. I just don't know if if we don't have bikes, if we could just fly in and enjoy it. 
Well, I would I would ride if I was going to go. Up to Washington? Yeah. I mean, these rallies seem fun. Matt, you know, breaking away, Matt just did the one down in Anza Borrego, ADV rally down at Anzo. And yeah. He said it was a blast. So I think I think these ADV rallies are going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd be interested in going up to that for sure. Yeah. I like ones that have like seminars and classes and yeah. a lot of stuff to see and do during the day. But uh, rather than just leaving, I mean, like our own rally, we go off and go do day rides and kind of nothing's happening during the middle of the day. So I appreciate it. Keep those suggestions coming. Tour Tech is a pretty cool looking rally and uh, those look like our people as well. Uh, Jim, you have another one there? I do. This is from Mike D. Mike. Mike D. The D is for dangerous. Mike he says D. you can come and get some of this. <laughs> No, I made that up. <laughs> hey, Mike, uh, let's see. Recently, you mentioned uh, visiting Dale's Wheels Through Time and Tale yeah. the Dragon as part of uh, your event schedule. Right. Since you're looking for something different, I will point out that Thunder in the Smokies exists. Oh, right. I yes. looked this up. This is also interesting. That was you the last time we had Thai food. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've, never been be- um, I've never been because it's not my scene, but one of those things you keep almost going to because it's relatively close AMA is there because they've advertised the July rally as part of their gypsy pin thing uh, in their magazine last year. Uh, I specified July because it happens in Maggie Valley three times a year. Yeah. So uh, a link to the event is handlebarcorral.com. Handlebar, like handlebars, handlebarcorral.com for whatever that is. And then um, keep it between the ditches. Mike D from South Carolina. P.S. Hi, Mike D., who emails from Southern California. But Mike D. from Southern <laughs> California can't get boiled shrimp. <laughs> so this is really interesting to me. Um, they have a spring rally, a summer rally, and a fall rally. Hmm. Uh, so this hmm. is like, they've, they've got and it And where is this on. at again? Uh, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, is that? Is it? I don't know. Um, He's from South Carolina, so it's out Yeah, I know that. I know people that were in Maggie Valley. Yeah, North Carolina. And so there's one May 5th through 7th, one June 30th to July 2nd, and one September 8th to 10th. Mm, cool. And that's pretty cool. Uh, featured on... Is it a Harley Harley only thing, or is it... Featured on Corbin's Ride On, Carolina Cruiser TV, and an Easy Rider magazine. Sounds like a scooter event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing a bunch of. I think it's kind of like maybe even like Born Free or something. Where well, you get a if, bunch of, if, Cor- if Corbin's a sponsor, yeah, it's yeah, big twin stuff. Exactly, and a lot of people staring at bikes. But I think it's amazing if they're doing three rallies a year. Yeah, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Thank you for that. Um, I have one here, and this is pretty cool. It's called Nikon Redemption. Oh. Yeah. And this is from Ken. And he says, hey, Liza and Misfits. This is Ken from Fort Collins, Colorado. I don't know if you listen to the Front End Chatter podcast, but in episode number 171, um, there's a listener uh, giving his take on the Nikon. I've been a critic of the bike, but some of my criticisms have been assuaged by him. You may gain a few new defenses in discussing the bike with haters. Love the podcast. So I did. Yeah, I I check out um, uh, Front End Chatter. (coughs) These two British guys are pretty good. They've been doing it a long time. Mm -hmm. They're they're pretty good. Uh, But they let people like record a review and just send it in and they just played it. And it was a guy who just gave his review of the Nikon. And it was... 
what I expected that it is a bike that is capable and confidence building and fun in the turns and twisties. And so that's exactly what I'm looking for. And, you know, I'm actually getting more excited when I forget about the, the weird abomination of the front end. I like that motor when, you know, I mean, this is the MT-09, the FJ-09. Like how many things have this motor? I remember, I remember when I first rode the FJ-09, I'm like, oh, I love this triple. Mm -hmm. This is a great motor. And so this is a motor that I love. Um, I, I mean, I triples hit a sweet spot for me. I think the best thing about that bike is I think you get to legally park in handicap spots now. <laughs> I don't even think you need a placard. You just pull right in. Hang a placard on it. All right. Who else has got an email to read? John, you got one? Yep. Uh, okay. All right. This is from Joe Miller. Hey, Joe. Hey, Greetings. Joe. Greetings, Miss Foots. Thanks for the great podcast. It really hits the spot when a motorcycle junkie like myself is forced to drive a car. Oh. Just turn, just turn it on in my long commute. It's much more bearable. I had an idea about what to do with your overabundance of gear you recently received. The idea is to get the stuff out to those who need it. Why not par partner with some trainers such as the MSF courses mm -hmm. or some beginner dirt bike classes? Uh, First-time riders who are just getting into the hobby may not have all the gear, and we all know how expensive it is to get. Heck, you could even kit out an enclosed trailer with the gear and take it to the first-day class for new riders to search through. Thanks again for all the great work. Yeah, thank you very much. These are all things we've considered. In fact... I think we should just do a drive-by and throw it out <laughs> and then take off. Just throw a whole load of it out and run. In fact, um, all the dirt biking gear, when we get a good stash, it goes to firstrides.org. Um, so straight away. Though we did get some good armor today. and um, The thing I found, and I too thought that, hey, this is simple. I'm going to reach out to some of these schools, people we, we know, some of the misfits. Uh, run schools. And I said, hey, I got a bunch of gear. Let's take some tubs over and you can keep gear there. They're like, we don't have anywhere to put tubs. Yeah, We don't have room. Space is a thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. okay. I just assumed like everyone had like a garage or a trailer or a thing that they could just put tubs of gloves and tubs of jackets. They're like, no, we don't have room for this. Yep. So it's that's... All, it's all full of bikes. Yeah, so that's the problem. And then uh, for me, it, then it becomes a job, you know, some of the suggestions of like, oh, why don't you sell it on eBay and raise money for nonprofits? Great. Well, if I quit my job and just ship stuff full time, you know, I could do that. Um, but I, I, that's the thing. I, even just going to a swap meet, it is a lot of work because again, none of the money is going to go to me or the garage. It would go to a nonprofit if there's any money raised. Uh, because that's been my promise. When you donate your gear, it's going to go to get to the people who need it. And if we have so much that we have to sell it, then I'll find a place for money to go. But um, then uh, that also becomes a big task, a job for me to transport and pay for a space, you know. So um, right now, it's a bit under control. I'm just going to put out the word. Maybe I even need to make flyers. Well, Les, I had, I had a I had a thought. Yeah. About the gear. Um because you 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 talked about uh last week about not wanting to to sell it because it's donated, but yeah. but then you started talking about raising money. I had a thought instead of selling it to raise money, what if you advertise it as uh like just a gear giveaway 
if you and, and and if you give a donation of some amount and let the person just decide whatever whatever donation amount they want to give, that might end up bringing even more money in for for a good cause. So, but but still have it here for free, but then have just a donation bucket for whatever you can afford. Right. If it's a dime or it's a hundred dollars. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever you feel like. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea. I'll start. I, I, yeah. Let's start a donation bucket. Um, yeah. Not a bad idea. Um, I think, yeah, I think I just need to really put the word out. <clears throat> Worst case scenario, maybe I'll do some posts to local writing groups. Spread the word. We have Gary. That, then we usually get like kind of uh, opportunists who mm-hmm. are hoarders. But, uh, you know, I think... Um, Maybe I'll even hide some of the really good like awry helmets and stuff and kind of save those for for the right, right person, you know. Yeah, the real nice yep. stuff, yeah. Yeah, to a to a young kid. Um uh Jim, did you have another one or did you read that one yet? Uh I read it. Yep. Okay, uh good. Bagel, you have one last one? Uh I, I do. Is this one you wanted me to read or just yes. wanted me to Let me see here. Hang on one second. So this is from uh Manochima <laughs> about the UK classic motor show. Yeah. He writes, Hey, I thought you might appreciate these photos from the classic motor show at, at the NEC in Birmingham, which I took yesterday. <laughs> it's mostly about cars, some very nice ones, but there were a lot of bikes and scooters. Uh-huh. I took some pics for Bagel. I particularly like the dual control scooter. <laughs> Current vehicles, 2022 KTM 1290 Super Adventure S, nice. 2021 Triumph Speed Twin, 2020 KTM 690 Enduro R, 2023 BMW E93 M3, and 1976 911 Carrera 3.0. <laughs> oh, nice. 40 years and freshly rebuilt by me. Wow. Right that's nice. Well done. <laughs> wow. I've, I've just retired and I have been an IAM advanced rider for a few years. Cool. Perhaps Emma could explain what, what that is. If and, she was Emma, here. We're not, <laughs> and Emma, we're not old fuddy duddies, despite the myths. We ride very progressively. <laughs> Annual trips to the Pyrenees feature, and we're off to the Dolomites in September. Oh, cool. Thanks for providing so much information and ent- entertainment over the years. Best Mano Chima, Ebfa Devon, UK. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I figured you would like all those pictures, too, Bagel. Yeah, actually, I was checking those out. There are some very nice uh, Michael Lettas that uh, were there, at least three of them. Is that a small Michael? It's like a Stromboli, right? It's a a German scooter (laughs) made by Maiko. And, uh, yeah, the Michael Letta was a very popular scooter back in the uh, the late 50s, early 60s. I also see a Lambretta Model D. And and the dual control Vespa he's talking about looks like it's a, a late fifties Vespa VBA that was set up for a driving instructor as a driving instructor bike, oh. so so that you as the the rider would sit in the front with the controls, and there's a second set of handlebars behind the driver's seat, in front of the passenger seat what? that the instructor that the instructor would use these second controls to control the bike in an event that the the rider the the student rider was not doing a good job whoa i've never seen one (laughs) of those yeah this is uh not something that has been used a whole lot at least not in this country 
Uh, but I have seen German versions of this too, and apparently this was a thing in the UK as well back in the day. Whereas as a student writer, you had to you had to take a passenger on. You had to take your instructor on as a passenger. Oh wow! And and follow their instructions. And if you screwed up, they would they would take over control of the bike and pull in the clutch on you or or give it gas wow. or whatever. No pressure. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, kind of cool. I've never seen yeah, it's that. Pretty wild. And now I don't think that the second hand. Well, no, actually, I take that back. That second set of handlebars does steer because there is a rod. Going from the oh. left side, of the second handlebars to the actual handlebars. It does look, Jim. There's a rod from That's, the front handlebar. Oh down wow, to look the at that! Handlebar. Perfect. Just that, a little so, linkage. So you, yeah, you could linkage. ride that bike sitting on the rear seat, <laughs> just by yourself. Wow. That's pretty wild. And uh, yeah, then I see a couple of other uh, older Vespas and Lambrettas in there, including a really, really cool. Oh my gosh! Uh, early, early fifties, loaded for a bear. English Douglas Vespa. Look at this thing, Jim. It's it, oh my gosh. Yeah, it looks like it's seen Vespa, battle. It does. Yeah, the Vespa <laughs> Club Nottingham bad, yeah. banner on the front of it. That's a really cool bike. Uh, because in in the uh, the late forties and early fifties, I think, um, <laughs> or maybe starting in the early fifties, uh, the, the they built Vespas in the UK. Uh, the uh, the Douglas Company built them under license for Vespa because. Piaggio couldn't produce enough of them for the UK market. Okay, and I have to say, Bagel, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. the one with the banner in the back with the name of the Scooter Association. This is the best yes. named Scooter Association <laughs> ever. Yes. The Awfully Pleasant Scooter Association. Awfully Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. I love, That's love that. Perfect. Yep. Wow. But, but yeah, it looks like they had a, a great turnout of, of scooters there. Well, thank yeah. you so much for sending that in. You know, I noticed yeah. um, in his list, he said that he has a KTM 1290 Adventure S. Is that an mm-hmm. adventure bike? It says adventure in it. It no, says it on the brochure. But or is that branding? S, <laughs> but the S is for, I guess, street or sport. That is the the sport touring i mean yeah no yeah well it's, it's like my tiger my my tiger's an adventure bike in some models but mine's the, the touring model the but it's like, yeah. my, here's one yeah, load exactly. it up with luggage and ride it through some sand and then you tell me how <laughs> it's the, yeah, it's it's adventure, but then no, you'll know no, no you're right and, and this is where it's getting cloudy i mean and yeah pick it up it says adventure but it's the s the adventure r is the legit off-road bike but the s is more of a adventure styled street bike so yeah, it does get it does get cloudy in there, doesn't? It? Well, I'm curious about. Let's find some more of these. Um, not sure what it is, bikes, and let's define them because that's what we get to do. Because we are the misfits, and we we make decisions for people. <laughs> <laughs> Poor decisions, exactly. definitely for ourselves. Yeah. Exactly, right. Jim. You got any adventures this week? You're going on. This week, uh, no, but Thanksgiving week, I'll be down in Borrego Springs for uh, for four days riding down there. So Anza Borrego, Ocotillo Wells, Salton Sea, that whole area. That'll Ooh. be happening. And then I did want to, I think I can announce a, the first annual, first annual Misfits Desert Hair Weekend. What? I think we're going to call it. <laughs> yes. It's happening? It's happening. So this is going to be the week of January 2024. Starting somewhere around January 30th and 31st, 
going through the weekend of February 3rd and 4th. That's Groundhog Day. That's exactly why we planned it that day. No, we uh, actually, what we're planning, it's going to be at Johnson Valley. And it's just, the only rule is bring some fun and a piece of firewood. That's about it. But we're going to meet in Johnson Valley down in Mojave <laughs> Desert, um, BLM land. And but just- no... It's dry camping, and there's you got to bring everything to sustain. Yeah, we'll talk more about it, but it's out in the, it's out in the desert. Yeah. Bring your shit, have a good time. But we're gonna just yeah, bring the more the merrier. But it's also the same weekend, just lastly, as the final race day of the King of the Hammers. Oh, so we're we're yes. all, we're on part of the race course for King of the Hammers, so we can always oh, so we're gonna bump into that craziness too. I'm not saying no, but I'll ask you honestly, Jim. Do you want me there? You would hate it. You would hate <laughs> it. Would I knew hate he'd it. be. I knew he'd be. You'd have to rent a rent a motorhome and bring it out if you. Can. Now, what I think you would um, enjoy is like if you were down there and you took my truck or somebody's truck and just well, explored. It's a hoot for wheeling out there. So something to think about. Well, you don't think my enduro would have no fun I'd, doing some exploring? There's just too much sand. Oh. Even if you're going to go on a non-sandy sandy route, there's going to be a lot of sand. Well, I'll yeah, get the, I'll get the yep. knobbies on the Nikon then. Perfect. Yes. Oh, I just realized. You just need on the rear tire, though, not the front. I just realized, how do I put the Nikon on the trailer if I ever need to? It doesn't fit into the wheel chalk. Back it up. Ooh. Can you back it up? You'd have to back it up. <laughs> Is there a middle one? Good, good luck pushing Does that back for three ramps. No. Got to back that thing up. Oh. Are you going to need to get an ATV ramp for it to get it in the back <laughs> of a truck? <laughs> well, my trailer has the, the wide ramp. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you got but that was, big button. Oh, this is a whole nother problem. Um, mm. I appreciate your honesty because, uh, honestly, you, you, you guys do have so much fun. I'm like, I would like to go. I don't think I'd go off on the rides you're doing that are getting into some of the hairy stuff. But I like, I love just going explaining what's yeah. over there. But you just know? riding to the bathroom? You'll be going through like sand, uh, exactly, just to go to the bathroom. So, I mean, not all the writings like that. There's there's incredible variety, but there's always the ever present sand. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I will not be attending then. But I would share you with can you and hang out real, real quick, You'd not to talk there. about it. But we, um, me and Scotty did a ride down in Southern California last weekend in the Southern Sierras. Yeah, and there was a road called Sherman Pass Road that you would love. It's mm. just. Miles and miles of super twisty beat up beat up pavement yeah. with huge elevation gains and drops. It was just like for miles and miles and miles. So that I think you would totally enjoy. So maybe it's time to get a quad. We'll stop being friends. <laughs> <laughs> and John, when how long are you going to be in Florida? Yeah, so I'm here through the twenty second, and uh, just what are you riding your Harley? I will be yes. I got to get it back. Are you wearing? Are you wearing pants? <laughs> as little as possible. As little as possible. So if you see the naked fat guy going down the street on a tiny sportster, that's me, baby. Wearing a wearing a paper shopping bag as pants. Or in a bra. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to riding the Harley a little bit. It's that's for those that don't know. My, it was my dad's yeah. recently passed, so I inherited a Harley. Oh, no. So wow. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. So, but I did, uh, you know, before I left, I finally got fed up with the DRZ and the and the crappy carburetor. Oh, so I found, I found out this is a good tip for folks who have pumper carbs on on your your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, for ninety nine dollars, if you send it to, uh, I never get their name right. Kahine is it Kahine or Kahine? Uh, Kahine. Kian. 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 Yeah. There you go. Kian. Um, they will go through the carburetor for you. So mm. I think that's. I taught you and I talked to Emma, and she's like, send it. 
So not bad. ship it back to them. They do a sonic cleaning on it and a full rebuild um, and send it back to you for 99 bucks. So Sweet. that I felt like was worth every penny to get that thing sorted the right way. That's pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yep. Cool. Well, and Emma's going to be gone for a while, I think. She's got. How many weeks is she in Vietnam? Vietnam? Well, it's all up in the air right now. We will see. Mm, But she may be gone for a while. So, um, and and John, with you gone, and I had to rope Jim in to stay in. (laughs) (laughs) Am I still here? But, John, um, (laughs) keep drinking for the shows. I like like Junk Stumpy. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to audition for the Cleveland Moto podcast. Oh, yes, Bagel, you got something? <laughs> yeah, I, I have something because uh, last week you had an email uh, from I think his name was, was Tim. Oh yeah, and he had a he had a little bling bling <laughs> uh, yeah. scrambler. Yeah. Um, and I, you guys went all over the map, like trying to figure out what was going on with that bike. Yes, and and. And I think Phil was not the only one screaming at at the uh, at the radio. <laughs> um, I, I have some ideas here. Um, now I we don't know exactly what type of bike or engine this is, right? Right. Though yeah. a lot of but, them are a Honda clone. Well, right. And I was going to say, if it's a one twenty five, it most likely is a Cub engine. Right. Okay. And with the symptoms that he was that he was describing to me sounded like a clutch that is an auto clutch that is not oh. fully disengaged. Oh, when, at, interesting. When, when you put it into gear or, or it's not fully disengaged. Uh, so when you put it into gear, it's, it's actually causing the engine to, to start to, uh, to, 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 um, stall. And then when you try to, to rev it, that engages the clutch even more. And then that just stalls out the engine. Right. Right. And he said it idle just fine, but, when you try to so put it, it under it, load, it it might just need a clutch adjustment, is all. Um, and, Are you and sure it could we didn't be say that? Well, there you, clutch cable? you and Scotty, you, you and Scotty did touch on a clutch yeah. very very briefly. Is it as oh, the clutch isn't adjusted? Yeah, maybe something. But then yeah, they yeah, just yeah. went on to something else after that. Okay. But um, but so, I I have a very strong suspicion that it's a clutch adjustment, whether it's an auto or manual clutch, because it could be either. Um, good, but, uh, but that's my thought there, there probably though is also a, a fuel issue too, because of, um, <clears throat> of, of how, uh, when he, I think, I think he said when it was in neutral and he tried to gas, it would hesitate a little bit off of idle. Um, so, and, and, and that sounds like a carburetor adjustment, but this is a fuel injected bike. So I'm wondering if maybe there's a little bit of an air <laughs> leak in some of those rubber, uh, I think I said uh, that too. Placed. Okay. Yeah, because I think I think there may be more than one mm-hmm. problem going on there. Okay. But that, that those are my guesses. Well, cool. And uh, my final plug for the show: it's since it's officially winter-ish, even though it's officially winter, which means spring. What do we have to look forward to? The Misfits Rally. People have already already been signing up. Relda and and Marcus signed oh, up great. for. Our rally, it is going to be April 18th through 21st. We added one more day. Uh, Jason, who was here today, said, yes, he will come again. He'll be doing a little seminar on suspension and doing setups. He Great. Nice. He charges, what, 40 bucks, and he'll do your suspension setup. Great deal. Um, yes. So we're already working on that. Oh, Jim. Hmm. You can go to BreakAwayAdventures.com and look for the Misfits Rally. 
And you can also find it in the show notes. I think we're ready to wrap up. Thanks, Jim, for sticking it out. Yes, happy to be here. <laughs> and thank you for bringing the the bringing candy. Mexican food. You're lucky. So you're, can, you're welcome. Yeah, Mexican I can finally dinner. go eat. But especially you didn't thanks eat all day, did you? No, but especially thanks to uh, everyone who stuck around and helped unload. You had all a lot that of people gear. helping. Yeah, we had people moving gear fast mm. and unloaded and got it all organized into the shop in different directions. So that was really really cool. So yeah, appreciate. Everyone uh, don't, uh, working on helping us with that. I guess it's uh, nice. the final thanks is, of course, to our listeners and to people who email in. Keep uh, emailing us. Sorry, sorry, say that again. Patreon subscribers, we love you. Patreon subscribers. I was going to say, keep emailing us your suggestions for rallies, events, that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to know what's going on out there that maybe we can fly in, check out. It would be fun to do some interviews. Um, and yeah, maybe born free. I don't know. We're going to try. We're going to try some different stuff. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. I think it's time to get out of here. Let's go. This is Liza. Thank you, Jim. It's be John. Mm, bagel. And we are out of here. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. Oh, cool. cool.